Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Alina Lemos. On today's episode, I am chatting all things mindful parenting with founder of Parenting with a Punch, Amanda Houle. And while I strongly believe that this platform shouldn't be used to dictate any parenting styles... I do believe that a huge part of mindfulness is awareness and the way we show up and interact with others in our life, including our children. So today we're talking about how to change the language and those common phrases that we tend to say to our kids like, stop crying or no, or stop hitting your sister and how we can shift our language to be more empowering for our children and help them really feel comfortable in their emotions and their true self and how we can own our shit as mothers so we can show up mindfully. So here's Amanda. Tell me about your journey and how it led you to discovering mindful parenting and helping other parents really conquer the mindset of parenting. My undergrad is in psychology um, and I started off working with actually juvenile delinquent boys and then that kind of led me down the road of working in schools Mm -hmm. Um, and As I started, so from Boston, I moved to New York, uh, to Brooklyn, New York, and I pursued my master's degree in dual education. And I learned um, while working with the early childhood. So I was actually referred by a family while I was getting my teaching certification um, to a two-year-old that was in a private school and he was um, displaying behaviors. So he was acting out, and so I learned very quickly that the early childhood was a really, really important time in their development. Mm -hmm. And when I started working um, after this preschool, I started working more full-time. I was pushing into private preschools for kiddos that struggled um, with their – it was too out of the developmental domain, so the social-emotional development was always one of the – of, of the biggest, of course. And then some of the kiddos, um, would receive like, um, physical therapy or occupational therapy. Um, and just working with them in the school environment and having parents, of course, you know, you become very close with the family because these kids are young and, you know, they're between the ages of three and five. Mm -hmm. And the fan, a lot of the families ended up hiring me in their home to work with them. So we had the carryover. Um, And I quickly learned that seeing how parents interact with their children and just really just like how much the reframing of our own language um, and, you know, how we're communicating with our children and and really doing our best to keep it positive really made like a huge, huge difference. Um, And just, and how children basically would just calm down and you would see less anxiety and you'd see less behaviors and, in turn, it really made the um, the parents feel less anxious themselves, right? Um, and just less reactionary. Um, so yeah, that was based that that's kind of how how it all started. <laughs> wow, what are some of the things that we're saying to our kids that we're not even realizing that are triggering those anxieties? So I'm sure you may or may not have heard this one. This is a big one. 
Um, <laughs> one of them is saying no all the time. Um, I like to rephrase no to giving the child options and what they can do. So mm-hmm. maybe like in replace of saying no or stop, you know, stop. I don't know. I'm going to, let me think of something like off the top of, you know, stop, stop playing with the plant, you know, or yeah. like stop hitting your sister or, um, you know, in replace of that, give them an option of something that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of like reframe from the negative. Um, I mean, they say, I don't know the exact number, but they say, we, we say no to children. It's like in their lifetime, especially in the early childhood years, like it's like an an astronomical number. Um, and it's, it's really something that I think as parents, we need to be a little bit more conscious of, um, because we wonder why like children, once they get to the, to the toddler years, um, you know, whether or not it's appropriate, quote unquote, you know, toddler behavior, um, you know, why children are kind of like acting out. Um, and then another, you know, another one is stop crying. That's a big one for me. Mm. Um, because when we say to a child, stop crying, and especially because of the whole gender, you know, oftentimes I think, and not, not necessarily intentionally, I think it's just as a society or how, you know, we grew up and then just sort of you know, parenting styles being passed down from generation. Um, I see it more often with, you know, with the fathers um, and their boys. Um, And it can be, you know, really hard because, you know, it might be something that they're just naturally, um, you know, accustomed to, you know, it's how that they grew up. But when we tell a child, you know, male or, you know, boy or girl, when we tell them to stop crying, we're essentially diminishing their feelings or we're making them feel that their emotions are not valid. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important to be more mindful of, you know, encouraging them, getting down on their level and letting them know that it's okay to be upset or angry or sad, you know, whatever that, that emotion is, whatever is going on, you know, even if they're being aggressive, for instance, um, you know, like hitting a sibling or something um, is just letting them know that, it's okay to have them there, those emotions, but also that it's not okay to, to be emulating that behavior. I mean, you don't obviously want to let them get away with it, but when we kind of shun the fact that they are, you know, upset about something, it kind of just takes away from them, like, you know, shutting down. And then that kind of ends up being, um, you know, part of their, 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 their brain development. And then sometimes it gets stuck there and we don't even realize that as parents, you know, again, it's not anything intentionally, um, but it's just something psychologically and how the children's brains develop that I think we should be, be more mindful and conscious of. Yeah. One, I've always heard that instead of saying, don't spill your milk, you say, use two hands. Exactly. Yep. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) That's a perfect one. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's so hard. It is hard. (laughs) How do we as parents even begin to start catching ourselves saying these things? Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, I think, of course, it's helpful to have like a script where you can have like a bunch of these phrases, right? Um, You know, reaching out to maybe a parent coach or parent professional that could maybe give you, you know, give you access to this information. Um, And honestly, 
it's, and this is what I tell every single one of my, of my clients, of my parents that I work with is, you know, consistency and repetition is obviously going to be the number one mm-hmm. in practice. I mean, you're, there's no way that you're going to be able to change, you know, your own behavior without consistently doing it. So mm-hmm. it's just practice. You just have, you, you know, you have to give yourself grace and just know that once you started adopting this sort of like new mentality and more like mindfulness and how we're speaking to our children and sort of like the things that we're saying and reframing our language to just be more positive and, and more um, just kind of understanding and, and, and just kind of really getting down to the, to the child's level, um, you know, developmentally, um, I think it can, it can really make a difference. And then you start to notice yourself how it feels to sort of like talking this, this different way, (laughs) as opposed to like kind of always gravitating towards like, no, stop doing that. You know, like, you know, just kind of going back to like what you can't do in replace of like letting a child know like what, what the options are that they can do because then that empowers them and that boosts their self-esteem. And it's creating boundaries too. Yes, exactly. Boundaries, expectations, which are, which are huge. So you said that you, you've seen it happen where a parent instantly changes the way that they're speaking to their child and you automatically see this lift of anxiety. What does that look like for a child long-term? Oh, it makes such a huge difference. Um, And actually, I've been studying a lot more of this, um, you know, and working in mental health and and having experience and working in the older childhood, in older childhood. Um, You know, the psychology, the brain development, especially so between the ages of three and five, children's brains are developed at, at 80%. So all of their you know, and, and then the, the, um, the frontal cortex doesn't get developed until around 25. And I've in some, some psychiatrists will even tell you like around 30. And that's basically like your, your reasoning, um, your like executive functioning. So just kind of like making, making, um, you know, decisions for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it in the context of, you know, having or being being more mindful in how we're speaking to our children and boosting up their self-esteem and giving them this this positive um you know experience in 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 the early years for when it actually that's when everything you know is again is is really starting to develop like that's when their character develops plus you have all of the you know the different attachment um you know, theories that, that, that coincide with it as well. So like you really study some of these, um, you know, attachments, you really can, can learn a lot in, in how children's brains develop. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the difference it can, it can make, because I mean, they say, you know, and unfortunately, the small, the, the slightest thing can happen to a child and it'd be traumatic. It doesn't have to be something extremely, you know, huge um, for a mm-hmm. child to experience something traumatic. And unfortunately, it just sits in the amygdala in the back of the brain. And it, it's that it's that fight or flight. Right. So when you are, again, like if you're constantly sort of reprimanding your child, 
um, and, and, and talking down or negatively, then they're going to constantly be in that, in that flight mode. I love that you said, well, I don't love that you said, because it's actually really <laughs> scary that you said that it doesn't have to be something really traumatic for kids to, to see it that way. And it just always it made me think of this is us. Do you watch that yes, show? Of course. Yes. I love that show. Where mm-hmm. Kate just has this truth. Like her truth is that her mom has been this mo like, put her down her whole life yes where and but then the mom's truth is that she's been nothing about supportive and trying to help her daughter right so it's just Mm -hmm. this terrifying role as a parent where no matter how hard we try our kids kind of still have their own truth and their own perceptions of how they view the way we've parented them it's true. And, you know, it's not, I don't say this, you know, to scare parents. It, it's, it's really, you know, I'm not trying to instill this fear in parents. It's more about just, just showing them how to be more mindful, you know, and I've even, I've even had, you know, disagreements, quote unquote, with just like friends of friends um, that, you know, feel that like, oh, well, you know, we're constantly walking on eggshells and, and how we're teaching our children or what's going to be, or, you know, what's not right or what's right. And it's like, well, if that's, if that's how you feel, I mean, that that's again, like that's your perspective, but, and you can always, I mean, you just, you don't know, you know, parenting is a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a huge responsibility um, and you, you know, you can raise your, ch- and nobody's perfect. I mean, that, that, that's a no brainer, right? I mean, nobody, nobody is perfect, nope. especially <laughs> when it comes to, especially when it comes to parenthood, but it doesn't mean that we can't be more mindful and more like emotionally aware and really just kind of like owning our own shit and energy when it comes to raising our kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think that's really where like the mindfulness, you know, comes back to. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just real. I mean, if you, if you can practice being more present and in the moment, um, and just shifting your language, sometimes I think that's like the biggest thing that you could do to really see a change. And it sounds, it sounds so simple, but it really is so simple. You said you have pushed back and arguments with some of your friends who are parents. And I wonder it's, have they not discovered mindfulness yet? Is it just kind of, they don't get it? (laughs) No. And actually this one particular person that I'm thinking of, it it, it is a father of um, two sort of young kids. Um, And yeah, I I mean, I, I I really, I couldn't say too much because it's, uh, you know, it's not that I, I know him and his parenting style very much, but just from what he sort of shared with me. Um, yeah, I, I probably would beg to differ that he's not really into the whole mindfulness piece, which obviously is not where, where we're <laughs> focused. Right. And I think as parents who are mindful and understand the benefits of mindfulness and right. like you said, owning our shit and yep. understand <laughs> the value of that, it's really hard to have those types of discussions with parents who don't get it or think that mindfulness is still kind of woo woo or, you know, right. that it's just this weird abstract concept. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, there's also, so I'm also a, um, a kid's yoga teacher for like the preschool age and seeing 
like seeing the children practice this and like emulating your behavior and like modeling for them. And then like they showing that it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. Like they, you can see the confidence in their eyes Mm. and just the level of just, it just makes the, you know, you you just see that instantaneous boost in self-esteem. And for me, social emotional development is like the number one, you know, it's the end all be all in my humble opinion, um, throughout, throughout childhood, you know, is, and just, I mean, really through adulthood too, but (laughs) you know, we could talk about emotional (laughs) intelligence. That's huge, but yeah, you know, but it is true that like, you know, how children are raised and how they're brought up and the, and the sort of, you know, I hate to use like type of parenting because that to me is just kind of, you know, I, I don't know, cliche, but you know, obviously there's certain types of parenting that I don't agree with, of course, but I just think if you are, you know, following more of the month on this piece and just really owning your own shit and energy in your parenting, I, 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 I do believe that it can, it can be easier. What have the parents said who you've worked with and what kind of experiences have they had implementing this into their parenting style? Oh, it's like completely changed their, like it's, it's completely interrupted and changed their entire world for the better. I mean, I've had parents tell me that like, that it's, it's like night and day that, that they can now have like a peaceful harmonic home, like the fighting and the, the arguing has like decreased significantly, you know, their, their, their relationships have gotten better. They've become closer. Um, and there's just so much more peace. Um, and the parents themselves, I think is the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that I see too is their confidence boost because Mm -hmm. now they feel like they are, and no parent should be made to feel, of course, that, that they're a bad parent. And that sure as heck is never my intention, nor is that my approach ever. But the reality of it is, is when parents do reach out for support, there is this level, obviously, of anxiety and feeling that they're not doing enough or they're not doing it the right way. And that's okay, because if you don't understand the psychology or child development of children, then, you know, parent or not, then it makes sense that you might not know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you throw behavior and different things into the mix and it makes sense. But so yeah, just seeing the the confidence in parents and, you know, and especially moms and just seeing their boost in self-esteem and confidence and empowerment to just really teach them how to just be more present. And, and that in turn, obviously affects every single one of the relationships around them, you know, to their significant other, to their, I mean, it's a, it's a ripple effect. So when you Mm -hmm. become more mindful in your parenting and your closest relationships, it's a ripple effect for everybody around you, people that you interact with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that you come across in in the coffee shop and it's just, I mean, it's real. It, it, It really has like your energy just exudes. Um, and seeing, seeing, you know, especially the moms having that, that newfound clarity, um, and empowerment to really just like own their motherhood and and not beat themselves up anymore and just kind of take it in strides and just, you know, 
try this new way of kind of being more mindful and, and getting rid of the yelling and just kind of, you know, taking, taking charge back, I think is just, it can be a really powerful thing. You know, I completely agree with that. Oh my God. Did you hear that one? (laughs) I did. (laughs) <laughs> the sky is green you know it's scary when it's green outside <laughs> so one of the questions I always love to ask is how has empowering other women empowered you oh oh I mean that is such a powerful question I think it's so important as women entrepreneurs especially of course as you know we're both I, it is so important to build each other up. Um, I mean that the, the level of, um, like respect and just sisterhood, um, I think is so, so important for women, you know, especially more so today, unfortunately, because of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I've gone through my own personal struggles, um, and having, having, having women support you in your journey. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, I fund women's campaign, um, where I raised money for my business. And of course I had men that helped that donated as well, but just seeing that support and people sharing and people donating and just really believing in your vision and, and, you know, and especially those that believe in your message and, and, and what you're doing in the world. Um, I mean, it's honest to God, it's, it's kept me going because when I moved from New York back to Boston, um, and I did a lot of back and forth, um, from New York to Boston because I, it was, it was really hard for me to kind of find my groove back here, especially in the work that I was doing before I started the business. Mm -hmm. Um, until I landed upon other women entrepreneurs, I, I felt so alone. I mean, I have great friendships. I have a great support system, but until I surra- t- until I started surrounding myself with other women and women uh, entrepreneurs, I-, I just felt like my world changed. I started networking more, um, and just really being around other women that get it, you know, that understand the struggle, how lonely it can be, mm-hmm. um, you know, and how you know, how easy it is to get down on yourself and not believe in yourself when you're like in the trenches, because I mean, you know, I mean, it can be really difficult as an entrepreneur, you know, it can, it can be a really lonely, struggling world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So having that support, even if it's just one person that you can, you know, talk to on a regular basis and just kind of kick it back and forth and just really be able to encourage each other and, and empower each other to just keep going and trust your intuition and just kind of, you know, drown out the noise, I think is so important. I think we all need it. I agree. And it's amazing to see how even within the last five years, it's changed. And I think social media has been a huge part of that, but just the movement of women supporting women. I agree. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. It has been a beautiful thing to watch. And And be a part of. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's nice to see when you see it on, you know, online, um, in social media, because sometimes it can get so overwhelming and you get so bogged down by everything that you see. So I think it's really important to really surround yourself in like your own little niche, you know, your own social circle and, and really just be able to stay inspired by those around you that 
you know, again, where you like believe their message, because if you, if you have too much noise going on, it can be, it can get, you know, super easy to be distracted. And it's also hard as a parent too, knowing when you see so much on social media of this parent Absolutely. recommending this and this mommy influencer oh, recommending gosh. that, mm-hmm. knowing where the truth lies. And that's the thing, you know, and I, I think, I think it's really important for, you know, for my, my parents listening, you have to find, and you know, you're going to go through a process, I think, and you're going to, you, you know, you're going to learn along the way, like kind of like what, what sort of style works for you. And that's okay. Like my style is of course not going to be for everybody. And I recognize that and I'm totally cool with that. But I think as a parent, it's important to know sort of, you know, what style or, you know, parenting sort of ways kind of help guide you. So you're not, because there's so much information out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would really just recommend like finding one person that you kind of just, you know, gel with and, and follow them and just stick to that one person. Because if you're following too many people, I think, Mm -hmm. I think it can get very, very overwhelming unless of course, you know, they, they are in the same sort of you know, category of, you know, the mindful parenting, which I will say that there are a lot of us out there, um, that, that is true, but it can still differ when it comes to handling. I think you just have to be mindful in, in like certain things that you may be struggling with and where you want to kind of reach out for that support. And please, for the love of God, do not Google (laughs) (laughs) if you're having, if you're struggling with, with, with something with your child or, you know, whether or not it's a behavior or just kind of learning to see like what is developmentally appropriate, which some of the developmental things like you can find pretty, pretty easily, but I just, you got to reach out professional, even if it's just a consultation, because not only will it help you feel better and, and sometimes a lot of the times really make you realize that like, you're not crazy and that you just needed somebody to tell you that you're, you know, that you're doing everything right. <laughs> and sometimes that, that, that reassurance and, and encouragement can really go a long way. And it kind of sets you back on that path. So I know you mentioned emotional development, but yes. what are those foundational things that we as parents need to really know and announce we can build our mindful parenting on top of that? Well, I think, you know, when it comes to the emotional development, I think it's just, you know, like we discussed a little bit about, about the no and, and sort of, you know, you made the reference to, you know, when you, instead of saying, don't spare you milk, you know, hold it with two hands. Um, and just kind of getting down to your child's level and like recognizing their emotion and kind of like saying it out loud. Um, and I think like that, that I think is, is really like the, the biggest piece, especially in the early childhood years. Um, and kind of trying to get away from the whole notion of like reprimanding and punishment and sort of taking away. Um, I know it, it, it again, like it, it sounds so simple with, with the whole like emotional piece, but children just, they just want to be heard. They just want to be listened to. And if they feel that you are 
paying attention or even acknowledging the fact that they're upset or mad about something that can go a really, really long way. Um, I think it's, you know, it can be tough to sort of, um, recognize anxiety and know sort of like the level and, and where, um, you should sort of like reach out for that support. But I think it's important to know, you know, if you, with the emotional development, if you, if you feel that something is off, if, you know, if you feel that your child is sort of, you know, missing the mark. And when I say missing the mark, meaning that like they, it it just seems, it it feels like it's too much. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, your child, you know, I'm just giving an example. Maybe your child's like overly sensitive or something. Um, then just, you know, reach out or, or, or talk, you know, talk to, talk to a professional and just, just see, you know, if there's, if there's something else, um, that you can do. But I mean, I don't think, I don't think we need to go too crazy when it comes to, you know, driving, driving ourselves nuts and, and looking for like every little thing when it comes to their emotional development, I would just keep it very simple and just, you know, regardless of what, what emotion, um, acknowledge it, you know, even if it's, even if it's, if it's a healthy emotion, acknowledge it. Um, they need to be acknowledged. They need to be listened to. And I think that is the biggest piece, um, when it comes to paying attention to just like attachment styles, um, and sort of, you know, helping formulate that, that healthy, um, development, you know, in their brain, Mm -hmm. um, throughout, throughout the early years from like three to five. That's definitely, it's so hard. Like you said, it just showing up every day and being conscious of every moment of, no of not (laughs) this being the one time where, where you don't acknowledge their feelings. And that's the uh, trauma scar that comes to the surface 20 years later, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, you know, and again, it's not to, it's not to scare, you know, it, it's not to scare it, you know, we're all human. Um, you know, I think it's, it's also why it's really, really important, especially for our moms to take care, you know, to have self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it's going to look different for everybody because some of us, you know, might not have as much access, you know, as other parents and that's okay. But even if we're just giving ourselves like five or 10 minutes, um, can really, really make a huge difference in how we're showing, showing up as a parent. And look, the reality of it is, is like, God forbid, if, if, you know, if you, if you're not able to, you know, acknowledge every single time, you know, it's not the end of the day. Um, and you can't, you're not going to, there's no sense in beating yourself up Mm -hmm. and, and, and just thinking like, Oh my God, I screwed up. Like what, you know, what is this going to mean? You know, the only reason why I mentioned the trauma piece is just because when it comes to attachment styles, you know, in like very early on, it can just, it's sometimes it just gets hard to miss. And and sometimes we're just not, sometimes we, you know, we, we're just not there, but in, in those cases, I just, I just beg you to just ask for that support. You know, if, mm-hmm. if it's, even if it's just telling your significant other that like, you know, that you, you need to sort of 
switch some things, you know, with the schedule to get a little bit more help or just mm-hmm. asking a friend, you know, or a neighbor, you know, just something, um, not feeling guilty to just ask for that, that little extra help. If we're, if we're pouring from an empty cup, because yeah. it's not helpful. Yeah, and just giving yourself grace and exactly like we said before, just acknowledging no one is perfect. No, no, we are all imperfectly perfect, you know, and we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna make mistakes every day. But the beauty of making mistakes is you learn from them, hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you and and sometimes you know, sometimes it forces you, quote unquote, to you know, to do better and, and sometimes you just don't have it in you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it just just being in the moment and just realizing, you know what? And also you can let your, ch- your children know, you know, depending on their age, like if, if, if you're not able to like fully show up, you can say, you know what? Like mommy or daddy is just, you know, I, I, I'm having a moment. Like I'm just, you know, I, I'm upset right now or I'm sad too. And that's okay. And, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of like, again, like owning your, owning your own energy in that moment, you know, and kind of just letting them know. So you know, we we're at least paying attention to that and the, and then they know, so they, they might not necessarily feel the, you know, feel the aftermath of it. <laughs> yeah. I agree that it needs to go both ways too, yeah, that we absolutely. need to be the sharers as well. Absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah. I think it's very important, you know, of course, age appropriate, but, um, you know, again, like when we own our own shit and, and, and we screw up and, you know, we noticed that, you know, we might've overreacted, you know, just, just, just say something, you know, I mean, it can be, you, you keep, it can be very simple, very clear and direct, but you'd be surprised how much of a difference it can make, you know, for, for the long run, because then you're, you're really, you really are modeling very healthy ways to communicate. And that's gonna, I mean, that's gonna last a life, uh, you know, that that's a lifelong lesson. I mean, that this is, this is how you're showing your children how to show up in relationships, like, mm-hmm. you know, later on. I mean, it's, yeah. it's real. It's giving them lifelong tools. Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Same here. And I love to end this podcast just on words for encouragement for any woman listening out there who just needs whether that extra encouragement to show up today or (laughs) that wisdom to give herself grace. What are your wise words to end on? I mean, I think if we can really adopt the mindset of parenting doesn't have to be that that difficult, um, I really think that we can live in a, a more conscious society and really just be, be more present. Um, and when I say that, I just mean that like, we're, again, we're, nobody's perfect. We're perfectly imperfect and we're going to have our moments. We're going to have our days. Sometimes we might even have our weeks, but when you can just give yourself grace and, you know, let go of that mommy guilt, I'm not, whatever that looks like for you, find a way to be able to somehow process that, that mommy guilt and and get rid of it because there's no such thing. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com.
And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.